and welcome to Game of Thrones, the podcast where I, Emily Bateman, finally start watching Game of Thrones and try and see what all the fuss is about. My guest today for episode one of Game of Thrones season one is Chase Bateman, who is my husband and he happens to live in the same house as me, so he was very easy to get. He's also the man that introduced me to it and kind of where everything started from. So I figured who better than to have him talk to me about the first episode, which is even the one that we watched together and see how my feelings have changed and see how he sees it after finishing the entire show. I have to be honest, since this was the first thing that I ever recorded, it was a learning experience to say the least. I was using a different program than I am now. It's a free program, but we had quite a few problems recording. Uh, At the end, when I was trying to save the file, it was not responding. So I was worried that everything was totally lost anyway. And then when I finally decided to listen to the episode a couple days later, I found that they were large or small gaps in the audio, which which after Googling, I found out that those are caused by the program lagging and not keeping up with our audio. So that was pretty hard to work with as far as editing. And you'll notice that I had to re-record some things because they're pretty jarring, at least to me. And maybe you won't notice them, maybe you will. But I didn't want to re-record the episode because I thought we had a really good time. And I thought that this is a learning experience and everything from here on out will be better and I'll get better and you'll hopefully notice that I'm getting better. So I'm sure you'll notice some problems and some editing and and it's not as flawless as I'd like it to be, but I learned from those mistakes. I will probably make more, but I will try and cover them up so you don't notice them as much and we'll keep going. I've got more episodes recorded and they already sound better than this one. Better quality wise, not better guest wise. I like all my guests equally. So... I hope you all enjoy me and my husband talking about the first episode of Game of Thrones. Okay, so we've got Chase here in our living room. How you doing? I'm good. I'm ready to do it. Okay, so you're the person that made me watch Game of Thrones the first time, although I was a willing participant, so it wasn't like you forced me. It felt like I was forcing you. Really? Yes, absolutely. Oh no, that's absolutely. unfortunate. Everyone else I introduced to it was always excited, and you were like, I don't know, and then, I don't know if your opinion improved much after that. Uh, no, no, not after the first one. It did not. Yeah. And so far it hasn't really changed, but we'll, we'll get into that. So for you, Game of Thrones, did you start watching it in the first season? No, actually. Okay. I, I started watching Game of Thrones after the entire first season was out. And I think the second season was starting. One of my friends on the ship gave it to me and I watched it on deployment. Okay. So I kind of so binged. binged. Okay. The first entire season, God, probably in a weekend. <laughs> one of those, like, just out of nothing else better. You don't to get do. out of bed. Straight up, you like one of those Sundays, like eat in bed, okay. and just sitting there with a bag of chips until everyone leave me alone for like eighteen hours. It was good. An emotional roller coaster. Oh, absolutely. Maybe? Okay. You you'll see the rest of the roller coaster. Oh, later. that's true. All right. So, do you have anything to say before we get into it, or you just want to start? I think I'm good. Okay. I was, I was going to, like, bother you with the theme song, but you wanna, I, won't, I won't do that. You don't want to do fine. that? You no, don't want to sing the theme song? No. Okay. You will come to love the theme song. It's fine. It's already gotten stuck in my head. Yeah, well, it's, but... it's catchy, and then it's, like, cool-looking, and it's too long when you first start watching. Okay. And then it turns into... So, like, when you first sit down, you're like, oh, my God, Game of Thrones, here we go. You see, like, the little HBO thing. You're like, all right, cool, here's the thing. Let's do it. 
and then it turns into you know like everyone sits down and watch the game and it's just like ESPN thing like that thing so it turns yeah like, but that's quick yeah but then like as soon as it hits down you're like the little X- HBO you always get mad when I do it the blah and then like the oh the HBO and I'm always like yeah when we watch something that's not Game of Thrones on HBO well I associate HBO with Game of Thrones well that you know that's unfortunate for them now that it's over it is unfortunate for them but it's the truth that's why everyone bought it. Okay, beginning of the episode. So it starts with, we're opening a gate to show three dudes on horses. And I have since nicknamed them because we did not get names. So there's the dude with cool eyebrows. There's the guy with the long hair. Okay. And there's the guy with the mustache. Do they have names? Okay, so they do have names. Oh, no. Um, did they say them? They didn't say them, I think, in the show. I know they have names in the book. Okay. I don't remember their names. I think one's like Will or something. Oh, well, that's boring. I mean, they don't really have cool names. Okay. But I'm, I'm not going to, like, go book I, okay, too Yeah, I mean, I have... They're nicknames that I made yeah. for them throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I, I will say that the, the opening few chapters in the book, did a they did a pretty good job with episode one. Okay. And kind of setting the scene as best they can to the entire world. So there's snow on the ground, which my first question already, I thought winter was coming. It already seems like winter came. So I'm already kind of pissed. So think about it like they're in Alaska. So even though it may not be like winter, winter, there's still snow. Like I think it was like snow-capped mountains. So like, this is a whole metaphorical winter. No, it's, it's a maybe. literal winter. Okay. I think it's literal and metaphorical. So <laughs> geographically, they are literally in the north. Okay. So it's colder there. All right. Well, there was just a shit ton of snow. So the guy with the long hair finds these frozen dead bodies that kind of look like what I think frostbite looks like, but then they're on like stakes and stuff. And then goes and finds the other two guys. And then when they all come back, because for some reason they needed to go back and look at them again, that all the bodies have disappeared. Yes. So the three of them were out to try and take down the band of, and they did say this in the show, the wild so, Yeah, the wild, yeah, those were mentioned, but yeah. only touched upon very briefly. Yeah. Do I find out more about that? Is that all you, I'm supposed to know as I just hear them? Later. Just okay. know the wildlings are a thing. The wildlings are um, a thing. And they thought that was what happened to the people. So they are out there to find a group of wildlings and okay. handle them oh. in a way with swords. And in a so, swordly way. In a swordly way. A swordly manner, if you will. And when they found them, or when the one gentleman, the long-haired guy, as you the they're already dead. And, yeah. I mean, they didn't do it. So, who did it? And it was in such a way that it did not look like a beast. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because it was in a weird pattern. It was it looked like an eye or something. It was very odd. It looked kind of like, like a Greek symbol, like the thigh. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah. Right. So, then they tell the, the guy with the mustache, who seems like he's in charge and a huge snob, tells <laughs> Tells a long-haired guy to go find the bodies, which I don't know why he thinks the dead bodies would move. I guess he didn't explain that, you know, they were separated. I think he thinks that the guy's messing with them. Oh, um, That they okay. don't actually, I don't think he actually thinks they got up and walked off. I think oh. he, what he thinks is. He sent them to a, like the wrong place. Well, it's a thing from the book. I don't, it's, it's just a okay, different description of it. But like the guy may think that he just simply saw people laying down. Oh, not in and not different like, in parts. And like the girl remember, was on the tree or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I don't remember him actually saying that to the, the guy with the nice cloak. Saying what? That they were cut up. 
Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so this is my first instance of thinking the guy with the long hair is hella dead. Like, that was my first note of like, oh, he's going to go find these bodies. He's dead. But then he's not. Then, okay, they focus on the two guys that are left, the guy with the eyebrows, which are phenomenal, and then the guy with the mustache. So then the guy with the eyebrows is like digging in the snow and then just seems to find what I assume are entrails. And it's like, oh, God. And then suddenly the guy with the mustache gets killed by some blue-eyed thing with a sword, which is like, okay, that came out of nowhere. Then we're back with the long-haired guy who comes across the dead girl that he found before, but now she's like some blue-eyed fast zombie. And then he sees the guy with the eyebrows who somehow got away from the first thing, but then he's suddenly beheaded by a blue-eyed zombie with a six-pack and a sword. Yeah, so all you're supposed to know at this point is that things are popping off. Like yeah. all kinds of hard. Yeah. And that they give off some kind of maybe supernatural feeling with their they have scary, scary eyes. eyes. Yes. And their gray skin and, and long the, they're white fast hair. zombies. Yeah. So they're they're freaking. And how like all of my zombie knowledge just says you can't use swords. Well don't think of them so much as zombies. They were dead people. That's true. And they'll talk later in the episode about what they Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know. We'll thing. get there. And then but. also then the one guy escapades. See, okay, that's my thing. Is This is the second instance where they cut the scene, and I was like, okay, that dude's hella dead. But then, you know, after uh, after the credits with, you know, your catchy music and your possibly helpful map and the logo with the four animals okay, that I don't know. It's not possibly helpful. It's incredibly. Well, okay, if I don't understand it all and it's like flying around and sideways and stuff, and it gives me a headache, then it's not helpful. It helps later in the series when there's a million families and a million different castles and seeing in the beginning kind of gives you a nice physical representation of where things are. All right, that's fair. I like that. Well, you like maps. I do like maps. Okay, so then he appears for the third time, miraculously. I don't know how he escapes six-pack zombie, but Mm -hmm. now he's in some open grass field and is captured by dudes with swords? Yeah, so he is captured by, like, bannermen. Bannermen. People people that hold the same banner as a house, and that banner was the Stark's banner. I mean, yeah. You're not meant to know that at that point, but they show it later in the episode, but that banner is the Grey Dire Wolf is their banner. So he's been, he's been captured because... Right, because they found him. Yes. Which I guess is cool. So then we're into the village or castle or something. It's called Winterfell. Winter, okay. It's hard to figure out who the family is, and I, I kind of figured it out along the way, but so they open on these boys, and one of them is trying to shoot an arrow, and their parents are watching, and, you know, typical male bonding, and blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just hard to tell who's a brother, but I guess they, they're all technically brothers. Yeah, they're all related. Everyone that's, like, shown messing around yeah. is related at that point. Yes. Yeah, and then we cut to Sophie Turner, which is Sansa? Sansa. Sansa. Yes. Okay. Sansa. Well, she's Joe Jonas's wife. And Arya in like some embroidery class where it's your dichotomy of your good pretty girl versus your girl that wants to basically be the brave movie. Arya's way cooler than the brave movie. I, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, one of them is complimented for how well she's doing. And then the other one is just looking like twitchy. And then, you know, you go back to the brothers outside and then she shoots an arrow right into the middle of the thing. And it's like, oh my God, so crazy. <laughs> like, okay, this is a bit overdone. Yeah, Bron just sucks at arrows too. Like, he was just terrible. 
Well, he, I mean, he's like 10. Does he have to be good at it at this point? Or like, I mean, they didn't technically later, they're like, you have to be a man now because you're 10. Well, like, one would assume that this wasn't his first time. Oh, And yes. he was just laying an egg out there. I don't know if it's called dad was Maybe. watching. But, Father but yeah. Dearest is watching. Because he's, I believe he's supposed to be seven. But we once again, seven. I, don't, I don't know if the books and the show they, are the same I remember age. they said he was 10. Okay, so, all right. Yeah. Already going off the, the thing there. So. Yeah, they already changed it. But yeah, so he's still young, but I mean, I shut bone everyone else, Tim. Neat. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they're doing that, and then the next thing, the, I guess John was down there and being supportive and stuff. I, I like John. Uh, especially in the early parts of the season and stuff. Like pseudo father figure? He's just a good bro. He's just a total bro. Like he looks after people. He actually like seems to care. And he, for the most part, has some kind of insightful thing to say to people. But later on, those guys are dicks to him. So it's not like like a bro bro, but he's like a good bro. Well, when you say those guys. Well, I think there is, I think they're the other brothers later on when they're all getting shaved because like can't shave yourself for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, with that, that'd be intense to shave with. And he's getting his head literally sheared with like sheep shears. And the guy who's like being mostly mean to him is someone uh-huh. you'll learn more about. Oh, okay. And it's uh, Theon Greyjoy. What a weird name. It is. Yeah, it's not a great name. He's the one that's like the biggest asshole, John. Okay, so it's not a brother. He's it's not John. a brother. Okay. He's like a it's ward. It's confusing because yeah. he kind of looks like them. He does kind of look like him. He has the same kind of like shaggy dog hair, like yeah, like all stuff. the curly dark hair. Yeah. She's shaggy dog haircut. He's more blonde. A little, so I guess that was telling. But the girl, one of the girls, is a redhead. Mm-hmm. I guess is the mama redhead. Yeah, she's a redhead. Oh man, okay, that's where we get it from. All Ned, right, Ned's fine. brown hair. She's red hair. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really right, go cool. to that like hardcore in the book about the hair color crap. Neat. Genetics are very intense in the Game of Thrones. They are. Um, okay, so then I can't remember who, but someone tells Ned that they found the dessert which is the long-haired guy, which we find out later. And then Ned's like, we're going to take my 10-year-old son with me because he's going to be a man. His mom's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, we're going to do it. Then this is the first instance I wrote down that he said winter is coming. I don't remember why he said it, though. You're right. I think he said it when she was like, he's too young. And he was like, he needs to grow up. Winter is coming. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very offhanded. And I was like, yeah. oh, wait, wait. This is it. This is it. We're starting. This yeah. is the first one. But is this just an offhanded, it's like, like a catchphrase or something? It's like the family saying. Oh, no. If there could be such a thing. Okay. Well, all right. Is it perpetually coming? This is what I've said in my zero point episode. Is it just something you're supposed to expect forever? You don't have to answer if you can't. I will not. Okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so the whole, you know, testosterone push. We're going to take the youngest. He's not the youngest, though, is he? He's not. Damn it. He's take the second youngest. He's still second young, Second youngest son. Go watch me cut some guy's head off, basically, which Delivered you find out. justice. Is it justice, though? Because he said a prayer, which seemed odd. I mean, what would one do before one gets his head cut off? I have no idea. Okay, so you cut to a stone, which looks very much like a guillotine or whatever, and uh, so long-haired guy's there, and you're like, oh, this is what happened to him. And it's like, I know what I saw. And you're like, yeah, get it. And then he's like, no, this is how I die. This is what's happening. So all the brothers and John are there. And John tells Bran to not look away. Then Ned beheads the guy and then talks to Bran. So what he's saying to him is that there's a reason that he does it. Because if you don't believe in your sentence enough to carry out the sentencing They went to the wall. Yeah. Although he's a deserter from the wall. Yes. 
so they could be seen as dangerous men. We mentioned the White Walkers, which I think we're all to assume that those are the blue fast zombies. But then he says, that, oh no, they've been gone for a thousand years. You're full of shit. But then I think Bran or Bron or however you say it, he asked his dad, he was like, well, what about those? And he's like, nah, it's fine. I don't believe this. it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're all good. I think he just thinks like PTSD kind of things about this dude. Oh, like he, like, like, he I mean, saw some shit and now yeah, like he, it I wasn't mean, there. There's crazy stuff beyond the wall and people talk about that. And maybe he saw some crazy shit and was uh. just like. It was the walkers. I know it. And then Ned's like, was it though? You deserting asshole. And head's gone. And it's gone. And that was intense. Yeah. Second head gone in the episode. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was quick. Not a lot of people died in this episode. Uh, okay. Just kidding. Sorry. Where am I? Oh, no. Okay, so on the way back, they find a dead moose or something, and then they find a dead wolf that has puppies. Yes. And the one guy that you said is not a brother wanted to kill it for some reason? Well, it's a dire wolf. Right, yes, it's, okay, it's and, not a dog. Uh, no, it's okay, you're fine. Once again, it's the first time you ever heard these things, and I've lived it for like 10 years. It's a puppy! It's, okay. Well, the dead one was <laughs> not. I, re- I refuse to go along with the notion that all dogs are puppies. I'm sorry. <gasps> if a dog is 15 years old, it is a dog. It's an old puppy. All right. The mother was dead. Yes. So unless they find a way to give milk uh, to these dogs or these dire wolves or whatever, they're going to die. Okay. Well, one of them called it like a freak, but is that because they said it was farther south than it was supposed to be or something? I think they were saying it was a freak, but it was so big. It was the size oh, of... Oh, was it really big? I couldn't was, tell. The camera was weird. Yeah, it was like the size of an elk. Oh, it was just as big. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, like it attacked oh. the elk and the, it killed the elk and then the elk had given it a fatal wound. Oh, with his it was big. Okay. All like, right. That makes more sense. And to describe it as like the size of a pony. Oh my. This big one. So then Jon Snow is like, wait, there are five dogs. Sorry, wolves. And you have five kids. And this makes sense. And then Ned's like, yeah, this this seems right. And then you said, what's the line says? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, um, you'll feed them, you'll train them, and if they die, you'll bury them. Which is just, I mean, I guess that's what parents should say to their kids when they want animals, and maybe they would want them less. But this is also the first time that John really admits that he's a bastard yes. in, the, um, in the episode, because he says that you have five children, mm-hmm. when in fact he has six. But you don't know that until Bran says, what about you? And he says, I'm not a Stark. And you're like, yeah. what? But that, but like, that could be, that's a big deal in changing Ned's mind. That John was so was like, giving it up. was saying, hey, you know, like, this is your house. There's five. It's your like crest. Okay. Like you should take these for your kids. It's a sign. Okay. 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 And I think his willingness to give up not having one is what Jeez. ultimately changed the mind of Mr. Stark. Yeah, but then he finds one any, so it's like, I get a pet anyway. Ooh, it's the runt. Oh, no. His symbolism. And Theon was an asshole, like normal. Yeah, that, that seems to be the case with this dude. Yeah, he's not the best. All right, so scene change to King's Landing, where we've got some old guy who's clearly dead and surrounded by table, not surrounded by tables, he's on a table, surrounded by candles and incense. Yes. And you find out through conversation that his name is John Aaron. Is that two words? John Aaron. John Aaron. It's just one word. I don't know. 
All right, John Aaron, who was the hand of the king, which is a position. And so you've got, and it's Jamie and it's Cersei, right? Yeah, Jamie and Cersei Lannister. Yeah, because it's, yeah, they said the Lannister family. And so they're talking. And the only thing that you can infer then is that they're related or they're brother and sister. And then Cersei says that he knew something, the dead guy, John Aaron, knew something. And then Jamie's like, oh, you buried too much, blah, blah, blah. And then she mentions that she has a husband. Like, that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. That's all you got out of that little scene you're like all right well this doesn't make sense at all yeah it's like these are people yeah these are random people you don't know why they would be suspicious of this dead guy why it matters you don't know anything all you need to know about that scene is that there's a a dead guy and he apparently knew something that they wish he did not oh so it's clear that he knew it or that they believe he did right okay all right, so then we like fast forward back to Winterfell with a raven bringing a message, which is very symbolic. Of, you know, it makes me think of Odin and Edgar Allan Poe. Back to it's Cat, right? It's Ned's wife. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Saying that you know the dude we just talked about, John Aaron, died of a fever, and he was like a father figure to Ned, and that the message was from her sister who was married to John Aaron. Yes. Okay. Great. Is it symbolic that ravens bring bad news? I guess maybe. Later on, we'll see if ravens ever bring good news, but it just seems pretty dark that they didn't use, like, you know, pigeon or something. I think they just use ravens. They just use ravens. Instead of pigeons. (sighs) I mean, they also send riders and things like, you know, like Pony Express. Yeah, you're right. Okay, later a guy did come with a message. Okay. I mean, yeah, the scene itself was dark and foreboding. True. But it's just a messenger. It's just a thing. All right. Like, throughout the the series, you'll hear, send a raven, as in to, like, send a message. Great Odin's raven. Yeah, or like Harry Potter, like, send an owl. It's like that kind of thing. So I think we find out within that same message that I think they just said the Lannisters are coming to Winterfell, but that also means the king. I don't really understand how the family works, but they said they're coming for some reason and it would be all of them, which is a big deal. So then we cut to what we mentioned earlier with the Stark brothers and that asshole being dicks to John while they're getting shaved by some old guy, mm-hmm. which is just a weird scene. I think that was supposed to be like one of the more lighthearted scenes in the oh. show. I mean, that's what I saw it as. Just like three dudes talking shit about someone who has long, pretty hair. Like, oh, yeah, here's the hair more than anything. You gotta get a haircut, oh, yeah, lol. Yeah, but he think... wasn't really like in on the jokes. So that was the only thing I saw about that was like he wasn't like joking with them. Yeah, I think it just Fion rubs him the wrong way. Well, um, that makes sense. He rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. So it's the king and his party. Yes. Which and includes then... the Lannisters because he is married to that's Cersei Lannister. Yes. Okay, so then we go to Bran climbing some damn wall and then getting reprimanded. Though I feel like the first time I was like, this seems odd. Yeah, and then in the book too, like he climbs all over the time and like Kat's like, hey, stop it, damn it, you're gonna hurt yourself. And it's it's kind of heavy handed. He's like, no, run, 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 run. Well, he's like 10. Yeah. He's gonna climb or shit. Slash seven in your books. Yeah, 10 slash seven. He's, <laughs> he climbs things. And also too, like he's in the middle of fucking north with yeah. terrible weather. Oh. And got all to do. He's gonna climb shit. Yeah. I mean, he should. Yeah. He should practice his fucking arrows. And he has a dog now. A wolf. wolf. Right. A wolf. Okay. So then we switch over to Arya because the king and his party are arriving, and she is wearing some helmet and watches them arrive. So she's not with the rest of the family to like be ready until like the very end, and then she appears, and that's oh, it's so adorable. She's wearing a helmet. It's funny. They it is her- adorable. Okay. And huh. she is adorable. Okay. And a joy. I mean, it's the obvious tomboy trope. Uh, yeah, it's a I mean, bit on the nose. It is on the nose, but it also shows that like she's independent. She wants to run around, and she's 
she's not one to just blindly be like, yes, father and mother, I will be here waiting in line. I don't know. That's something that shows that she's a more of a rebel. I mean, I get, that's clearly what they want you to see, but it's it's a little one-sided. So the king's people come in. The only thing I noted there was that they have wolf helmets, which were dope. And then Prince flirts with Sansa, although he looks 12. Oh, yeah. It's your first time seeing the crown prince, Joffrey. Joffrey, yes. Oh, I know that name. He's great. I know. I know the name. So the king appears and is fat and the only comedic character in this show so far he just seems very out of place and he addresses the children but i've still missed one name <laughs> so i had rob sansa aria brandon question mark but i think that's the youngest one it is the youngest one yeah now that you've said that out loud he wasn't there he's not no. one of my favorite characters so and he's like he's supposed to be three yeah 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 so then you find out that cersei is the queen. So then Arya keeps whisper shouting where the imp is. The Dinkles. Yeah. <laughs> the Dinklage. You mean Miles Finch. What? From Elf. That's his name in Elf. Oh, God. Why do you know that? <laughs> um, so, like, a lot of the characters morph and grow. God, but, I hope so. But, man, Dinkles is dope. I mean, for a while, he was one of the favorites. I don't know now. Yeah. Dingles is dope. He always has funny lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's one of the better written characters throughout a lot of this show. Okay. So the next, the king immediately wants to go see the crypt, which Cersei protests, but he's like, nope, we're going. So then down in the crypt, the king asks Ned if he wants to be the next hand of the king, which is what John Aaron was, but seems to be a big deal. The Iron Throne is mentioned for the first time. Yes. Because the king has it, which up until that point, I didn't realize that they were really different statuses. What was different statuses? King and Ned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you couldn't, if you were just looking at it, I would have thought it, maybe Ned was a king. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ned is like a lord. <laughs> right. He said he said Lord yeah. Eddard or whatever his, his name, name is. His name is Eddard Stark. Eddard. Just call him Ned. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Or Sean. Sean. Or Sean Bean. Is that his name? Sean Bean? Sean I don't Penn? know. Whatever. I can't look at anything on IMDb. That's true. Call him Boromir. I'm not going to call him Boromir. Okay, so it's obvious that they knew each other as kids. Ned seems unsure of taking the position. The king... Seems funny, but kind of a lecherous dick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be kind of funny, but he's also supposed to come across as kind of slothly and uh, someone that he's supposed to contrast Ned. Okay, yes, that's fair. Like, he's the fat, out of shape, seven deadly sins. (laughs) Ned is just like... Doing my thing. He's just doing his thing in the North, dog, chilling. He's just not a funny man. He's not a funny dude. That's that's his qualm. Whereas the other guy is just like... I'm funny, but man, I suck. Man, I got everything. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's interesting. It's an interesting relationship. Yeah. At that point, though, I was kind of unsure why he wouldn't want the role. I mean, we find out later, especially he finds out later why he shouldn't want it. At that point, I was like, why would you not want this dope position? But So I think I think the biggest thing, too, is about like the geography of it. Right. And I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah. So it would almost be like, hey, I'm about to go take a big position in D.C. and we live in like, I don't know. I don't so know. Like, like Michigan. Yeah. Oh. It's not like you can just hop on a trainer and car. No, yeah, so like yeah. if he travels all the way down to King's Landing, he's getting ripped away from his family. Truth. And that um, would suck. So then 
your favorite in a very compromising position. Yeah, he's not being compromised. Uh, well, okay. I'm talking about. All right. He's I, I, uh, this whole scene. Welcome to HBO. Yeah, I know. So he's in a whorehouse with a lady, and then Jamie bursts in and tells him that we need to go to a dinner party at the Starks, mm-hmm. and then Peter doesn't want to, you know, basically saying, why? You know, I'm just getting started. And then Jamie's like, well, you know, I thought that you were going to say that. So he sends in like three other women. He was like, all right, this should get you finished. After you're done, come to dinner. And that was the end of that scene. And I just, what? what? I mean, I just, I get it's HBO, but like, do we, I mean, is, do we need all of the nudity? Like, I don't, I don't understand the use of it. It just seems so crass. Is it because we can do it? Is that why it happens? Sex sells. Yeah. Pure and simple. And in the book and in the source material, it is very explicit. Uh, I mean, maybe not that scene per se, uh-huh. but source material is explicit. People be getting it on straight up. And it's HBO, and I feel like it was picked up on HBO for that reason to have those things. Yeah, I just, I feel like it could be done differently. And it morphs, I think, more than just that there's nudity, is that it shows not only negative relationship. Okay. But this is a show, like, that they have a decent relationship. I think that's important. And we're back in the crypt. Then we find out why they're there, which is they're visiting the tomb of Ned's sister. She was killed by a... a Targaryen and then I think Ned says oh well they're all gone and then the king says well not all of them but I just yeah exactly and then there's a hard cut it's just I mean and I'm sure this is there's a reason for this but it's just confusing about all the relationship between the three of them like are you supposed to know why the king even cares about her See, I, see, this is where I have a hard time, is because... You just read the book? I just read the book, and I've watched this multiple times. So I know what the relationship is. So if you don't pick up on it, I don't know if I can I tell you. I have no idea. Just know He just seems upset. I'm like, were they married? Were they dating? Like, why would he care? He has a queen. It seems they grew up together, so maybe that's why... I don't know. And then why would she be killed by some other... I mean, there's clearly some sort of bad blood between the Targaryens, but, like, there's no explanation of a reason yet, so there's just unanswered questions from this, like, three-minute scene. It's also supposed to be a nice way to introduce... To hard cut, yeah. ...the current Targaryen. So they're in Pintos. Yes. So then we cut to Amelia Clark. It's freaking Clark, yo. She's going to get married. So then her brother appears and calls her a bride-to-be and that he will soon be taking the throne. He's some sort of prince or whatever, but then he says they've been gone. They've been in this area for a year. So then you assume maybe they're in some sort of weird exile or something. Where is their actual homeland? You don't know, or at least I don't think you know. And then, like, how are they going to take back the throne? Confusing. I forget how little they tell you in the first episode of the show. Oh, yeah. I feel like I have more questions now. Okay, so then her brother's like a super creep, and I'm just angry. And then basically undresses her because I don't know why. Because she has a woman body <sighs> See, now. I wasn't going to say that, but thank you for saying that instead. Isn't that fun? It does. What a great brother he was. Uh-huh. Yep. But then he mentioned, I can't remember what the context was, but he says he doesn't want her to wake the dragon. And I was like, ooh, dragon. Yeah, no. Cool, bro. <laughs> like, you got to name your alter ego, you <laughs> idiot. Whatever. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm one of my least favorite characters. So then she walks into the water. 
water. Then the woman's like, no, it's too hot. Don't get in. But then she walks in anyway. So I thought, I'm gross. I need to like clean myself and like wash my hands too much or something. I mean, you could take it like that, but just remember that scene. Okay. It may be important in some way. But no, I mean, I think it could definitely be taken like that. Her brother was just a complete fucking psychopath. <sighs> and she was like, I need a good bath, damn it. Right. Or then I was like, is she trying to kill herself with like water? Like, well, what she should have done turned to the woman and been like, bitch, I am Danny away with you. And I don't, just take I don't think she could do that if she tried. She's Danny. She's just Amelia Clark right now. Okay. So then I don't know how much time passes, but then some Dothraki men appear on horses and then it's said that their long hair is symbolic and it only gets cut when they're defeated. So then Cal appears with really long hair and they're like, he's never been defeated. Yeah. They present Danny and she's wearing a new dress and then Aquaman seems to approved by saying nothing and rides off. The brother's mad, but it's like, okay, well, I guess that worked. So then it's mentioned that the brother is apparently supposed to be king somewhere. And with the marriage, he'll get the Dothraki army to take the throne. So then it's very clear that someone took a throne from him and I hate him. Yeah. And this is what you're supposed to know at this point. So like that really and truly, like this episode one is just, it's not supposed to be the entire backstory for all these people. It's yeah, just supposed yeah, to yeah. Be like no, I know. Putting your, dipping your toe in the water. I know. It's supposed to get you interested. And it's also supposed to get you to fucking hate some people. Right. Well, it's totally also, I, they really portray the Dothraki as savages. Like when they were meeting, it seemed very British meeting the Native Americans. And I was like, I felt really uncomfortable. They just are like, these people are gross and horrible and they don't speak to you. And I didn't like the dichotomy. So That's you're supposed to look down on them, I guess, or it's clear that they do. You're supposed to look at them as a fierce people and i think they didn't portray that as well as they could have yeah it seemed written poorly i didn't like it so then lo and behold danny speaks up and she says i don't want to get married and then her brother's like fuck you not him but everyone else in the entire world can do that until i get my throne so great brother yeah i will say that the writing and the the pilot all right it gets better uh all right, so then Sansa is seen whining to her mother about wanting to marry Joffrey, which makes her seem like a poorly written woman who only cares about boys. It wasn't just, you know, I want to grow up and be a princess. It's I want my father to take this job and leave his family and take me with him. I don't care about staying with my family and I don't like it. It's very childish, but she also is 13. Yeah, I just the women that are portrayed this way. None of the women seem that great. So then we've got the feast and the king's being the seven sins and the queen's watching. So I just, I'm not sure in that scene who I'm actually rooting for there. You know, what you'll find out in Game of Thrones is you don't have to actually root for anybody. Really? You can just root for like a meteor or something oh, sometimes. Oh, okay. And can I root for the wolves maybe? I mean, yeah, 100% root for the wolves. Yes. Root for ghosts. Who's ghost? John's wolf. Oh, okay. Team Ghost. Oh, okay. All right. That's a weird name for a wolf. It's white. It's neat. Yeah, okay. That's a bit on the nose also. Yeah, well, you know. He's like, well, I guess unless he's 16 or something. He's really 14, but whatever. Also, his name is John, so that's not very... But anyway, and it's another, it's another instance where like the book has some really neat stuff in it that it kind of leaves out, which is frustrating. Oh, okay. But it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's an interesting scene. You get to see uh, the queen be cold-hearted again. Yeah, where she doesn't want to be, it seems. What I mean is, like, she was so friendly with her brother versus... 
in this scenario, she's not smiling. She's sitting here. She's watching. So next we've got Jon Snow outside practicing stuff. So then Uncle Ben appears. So then he asked John why he wasn't invited to dinner. And he's like, well, you know, it would be in poor taste to have a bastard at dinner. You learn that Uncle Ben is in the Night's Watch. And John asks, what's going on? John says he wants to go to the wall. Ben says you can never leave. And then John's like, I don't care. And then Uncle Ben goes inside. That was pretty much it. Yeah, he was like, you're you're being a downer kid. I'm going to get drunk. Yeah, pretty much. So then Tyrion appears and then he talks to John and they meet, basically see each other for who they are, which is just the bastard and the imp, which I, this is probably the best part of this whole episode. I liked it because you learn that Ned is John's father, but we don't know his mother. And Tyrion said, you know, never forget who you are, wear it with honor so they can't use it against you. And I think I am paraphrasing, but like, you know, it was good advice from one outcast to another. And it's one who's learned what to do with the lot that they've been given, giving it to the one who hasn't learned yet. And I really liked that. And I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting exchange. No, yeah, it was really interesting. And that's actually almost verbatim from the book. Oh, okay. That scene, which is really funny that you think it's your favorite scene because it's one of the few scenes it's like, this is from the book. But I, I just really like the interaction as well. So it's good. It's well written. I like both the characters really good. It gets You get to show off the best parts of both characters. John is so prideful and strong-willed. And then you see him see that he may not be seeing it from all angles when Tyrion starts telling him this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like calling him on a shit. Basically. No, yeah. And I think yeah. it's cool you get to see him have that moment of like, you know what? Maybe I should chill out for a second. Mm-hmm. And you haven't seen him really do that. No. Yeah. And it's just episode one. So yeah, I haven't seen anyone do anything. Yep. So then Ben goes into the feast and then Ned asks him about the, des- uh, the deserter and White Walker rumors and the dire wolves so close to the south. And then they say winter is coming like five more times. It is. uh, Clearly, but it hasn't come yet. So then they say that the rumors of, you know, White Walkers and stuff. He's like, oh, so this guy was telling the truth? And Ned said, don't believe rumors. It'd be like, you know, something from thousands of years ago. It'd be like, but is it? So then Ansa approaches the queen and her mother. And you learn that she's 13. And they said she's pretty. And she can make pretty dresses. And that's it. Yeah. She can't bear children yet. No, I, I know why that's important. It's medieval times. Yep. So then in the middle of this feast, Jamie confronts Ned, which I feel like maybe it's because I wasn't sure because when they were talking earlier, it didn't sound like Jamie wanted the position to Cersei. I mean, you can still not want something and still be threatened by someone being offered it. Okay. I think that Jamie just wants to flex a little bit and be like, I'm the big kid here. I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room. They've called him the Kingslayer already in the show. The King's what? The Kingslayer. They've called him that in the show already. I did not notice that. And like, he's supposed to be one of the best warriors in arena combat uh, and things oh, like that. Right. And so that's what they're talking about. And uh, then Ned was like, oh, well, if we ever fought, it wouldn't be to the bell. It would be to, like, you're fucking dead, Jamie. Because I don't fight in an arena. Yeah, bitch. Okay, all right. And then Jamie's like, all right, I'm going to leave now before you kill me. Thanks, bye. Yeah. It was kind of a respect. I mean, they were both, at the end, it seemed mutually respectful slash, well, not respect, but like, all right, cool. You called my bluff. 
Yeah, straight up. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was kind of one of those things. Is like Jamie wanted to play with him a little bit. Ned was not in the mood and was like, "Child, <laughs> get out of my face." Ned's never in the mood. He's just not. He, I mean, he's got shit going on, right? He's got a family. And then Jamie was like, "All right, touche. I'm not trying to get fucking killed by you right now, bud." Bye. And yeah, straight up. So then Arya decides to throw food at her sister and it's taken to bed, which oh. just you know, he's pushing the trope that she wants to be a boy. Just if you hadn't noticed beforehand, BT Dubs. That was just like a little side note. Okay. So then after the feast, Ned and Kat are in bed talking about the offer and says he doesn't want to be the hand of the king. So then she gets a note from her sister, who was married to John Aaron, saying that she's fled the capital with her son and John Aaron was murdered by the Lannisters and that the king is in danger. So shit's popping off. And my notes was said, well, fuck, he really shouldn't be going because they were still questioning, well, then should he still become the hand of the king? So is it just protect the king versus do what he wants and do what's good for their family? Those his two decisions that he feel like he has to go between. And once again, they really left a lot of stuff out. There's so many other things that are consequences of not doing it. Oh. Like, if I ask you to do something that's uh-huh. so important like that and you say no, I'd be like, well, why would you not want to be my second in command? Does she want to be in command? Oh. Like, stuff like that. That's a threat. But not to make it so much of a threat. He may not mean it in that way. Right. But, you know, people get paranoid with power. Yeah. And then also, too, bad. if he took the position, one, maybe he could help protect the king, and two, like, maybe figure out who killed okay. his father figure. Yeah, so he, because he does care, he yeah. didn't care about Because he was, the, he was his ward. And that would also protect his wife's sister in a way too because if they figure out what really happened she may not need to be on the run okay that makes more sense and that 100 that's on the show i enjoy the entire episode that exchange was written poorly straight up because in the book it's way more detailed and mm. it only have taken like maybe a minute of screen time to get that better flushed out. Yeah, and pros just, and cons. Let's make a list. No, Let's I mean, write it out. Like, they could have had them actually like say what's going on, but they just were like, no, I want to go. And you're like, no, you shouldn't go. We're like, no, you should go. And we're like, all right, cool. Great scene, guys. <laughs> well, we won't wait. Let's go to bed. Yeah, straight up. And then, but in the book, like, they were all naked and stuff during that. So. Uh, what? Yeah. If you haven't noticed that this guy's a pervert, he is. Oh, uh, have you seen him? Yeah. Dude, this, if he didn't write porn already before he wrote these, he should. Oh, God. Because it sounds like he'd be good at it. You know what he looks but like? But no, you know what? He needs to finish the other book first. He won't. He's not going to finish it just to spite us. But he really looks like the World of Warcraft guy from South Park. You know what I'm talking about? The the guy that's The huge, in the fat, room. balding oh, guy. No. Who just sits there like Cheetos and it's just like... <laughs> Every time I see him, I just think of him. And I think of him sitting at a desk with like a, a book in front of him. And like Cheetos, he's like... Bah. Anyway, so now we're going to wedding day for Aquaman... Uh, is it Khal Drogo? Khal Drogo and Daenerys. Yes, yeah, the Dothraki guy. You know, with the the blue eye makeup. That's just wedding makeup. So again, it, maybe the contrast is why, but it just seems very, you know, nobody was talking. Very and, Discovery Channel. Yes, I I wrote down tribal, and that's not the right word for it. They're just making them seem like horrible barbarians. I mean, they give them a chest of snakes as a gift, and maybe that was in the book. I don't know, but I, I don't know. The contrast is just so. Is it racist? I don't know. My favorite quote is a Dothraki wedding with less than three deaths is considered a doll affair. I was like, okay, this is the best quote ever. That's why our wedding was so good. Four people died. Chase, nobody died. So Danny's brother is there and wants his damn army. And then he's told by their like advisor dude that the Dothrakis go to war when they're omens favor war, which is an interesting look into what 
what I guess would I would consider a second religion because the only other show of religion is when Ned Stark was praying before he chopped the guy's head off. Um, no, they seem very – they're portrayed as more superstitious when they say, like, the omens must say it. I didn't read it as superstitious. I don't know what I read it as, but not – It sounded kind of like when the stars align. No, you're right. Say. It is more like that. I just didn't didn't think of it that way. That's how I took it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I makes sense. It. So then dude started fighting over having sex for a woman, and one of the men's up dying. <laughs> Classic. Cool, 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 cool. The woman doesn't seem to care, though, which is my thing. Like, she's just cool with maybe it. Maybe she wants to get it, too. <laughs> yes, right? but like... And maybe it doesn't matter Wouldn't it be really... It. I, but it's it's really jarring. That's the point. That I, all right. I'm not defending the Dothraki. I'm just saying that, like, that's the point of the way it was written. It's for them to be... Oh, no, no. starkly different. I just meant for the woman it would be jarring. They wouldn't be the same size. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what? And she'd be like, oh, wait, oh, you changed? I didn't notice. Oh, my God. <laughs> the guy'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So a man appears who is not Dothraki and addresses Daenerys and calls her the new Khaleesi. And he gives her books that he says of the history of the seven kingdoms, which I guess is, you know, an education that she needs to know. It seems to be foreshadowing. It was very ominous. So these are educational books for the new queen thing. It's just trying to better her mind and show about where she came from. Oh. Where her people came from. She came from the seven kingdoms? I don't know what you're supposed to know. Okay. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Don't worry. I oh. thought it meant she was learning maybe about where she was now. All right. So, yeah, she asked about the dude. Like, where'd you come from? She said he served with her father. Served her father. So he's from her... Is it clear? Because then she gets a box of stone dragon eggs from someone. Was it the guy with them? I don't think they ever said his name Uh in the show. But he is the guy who is their host in the area. In the book, once again, this is more spelled out. But it's not from the knight. It's not from Sir Jorah. Okay. It's from what I believe is the gentleman who's been whispering in the ear of the brother. Yes. Yeah. He seems cool, though. What? I didn't say anything. Okay. I also made no facial things. Oh, no. Okay, so then I wrote in all caps, dragons, because I know they're a thing. So then Cal decides it's time to go, and without speaking, because he is a man of few words, just decides to get up. So then Daenerys follows him, and he gives her a pretty white horse. And so then she wants to say thank you, and then is told there is no word for thank you in Dothraki, which, what the fuck does that mean for that culture? Gerald culture. It's one of the two things, like, one, I feel like you have to have some kind of word for thank you. There has to be some kind of thing. Or just be like, okay. Like, <laughs> no, no, that's what I said. Just be like, okay. Okay. Cool. I feel symbolism with the white horse versus the black horse. Because she's on the white horse and he's on the black horse. Yes. Wedding day. I mean, no, I know what you're talking about. I was just saying with, like, the culture and, like, she's all blonde and he has black hair. That is not where I was going with that. Oh, I went more for, like, purity. So they go to some sort of cliffs, and then you know all he can say in English is no, which is just weird. And he so, keeps being weird on purpose. Yeah, but that's what I, and also, again, odd interaction between the two of them, and then she's undressed again because HBO, and mm-hmm. it's inferred that she unwillingly has sex with him, but this time it's not shown, so that... It's different, clearly, than the other women in the show, because the first one is with Peter Dinklage, who's with whores, and then the other one is in the village where it's just women basically being gangbanged by yeah. men who get killed. So Only then one of them dies. Man who gets killed. <laughs> the other guy makes it. He won. Good for him. He cut off the 
hair. He won. I did um, it. <laughs> that's what he says, too. That's how he talks. He goes to Grinch, like, I did it, babe. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I, I don't know go. who you are because I can't see you. Oh, but then, but then what does she say when he gives her the fucking hair? She's, he's like, hey, he babe. He gave her the hair? No, I'm just like, just, oh, you no. know, like, like, I got this hair for you. What do you have to say? And she's like, I don't have a word for this because I can't say fucking thank you in your stupid fucking language. Oh, so stupid. She punches him in the face and says, thank you. She just sack tacks him and is like, dope, and just walks away from him and then moves on to the next guy. Okay. So, I yes, I did think this was interesting. One, that she seems to get naked all the time, unwillingly. As you do. No. No. On HBO. No. Two, that they didn't show that. And those dresses came off really easily both times. So, like, what is she wearing? Very odd clothing. Really flowy, silky dresses. Yeah, I guess. All right. It's just, I mean, do you have anything to say about this or not really? I just think it's weird that they don't go to, like, a hut and they just go to, like, the side of a cliff. Yeah. This is a strange place. You know, just show the sun setting on her old life of being not the Khaleesi. But But she is the Khaleesi. They said she was the new Khaleesi. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, the sun setting on her old. Oh, of not. Okay, I didn't hear you first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right. So we're almost done. So then uh, we're back to Winterfell, and then you learn that Ned said yes to the king, and then they just go off hunting. So yeah. that was pretty much it. And then I'm I'm upset. So then this fuckboy Bran decides to climb a wall again for no reason and finds the twins having sex. Which okay. yay! He had a reason. What is the reason? He's ten. That's not good enough right now. And he wanted to climb something. You know what? It could have been any other part of the castle or whatever. But that's whatever. his favorite part to climb. It, did you know that before? Not until I read the book. Okay, I was like, all right. <laughs> you little cheater. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, yeah. so I didn't take a whole lot of notes. I have like You have one little bitty page. And like, well, there's three three little bitty pages. Oh, okay. I've only seen one. But at the end, it just says, sister fucker. Oh, no. Oh my um, god! Because that's what Jamie is. <laughs> oh, wait, you're just blaming him? No. It's okay. Sister fucker. I mean, brother fucker sounds also bad. I'll do. Yes. I'll, I'll write down both next time to be gender. Okay. Or whatever. Well, I just wrote incest. Yeah, I can read it's that shorter. Down. I don't know. Sister fucker felt more. It made you laugh. It made me laugh. Okay. All right. Anyway. So is then. Is she really fucking him? Okay, we're not, I don't want to talk about the intricacies of their intercourse. All right, you're right. So Cersei freaks out, and Jamie's like, surprisingly calm. He's like, no worries, and, you know, pushes the kid out the window, as you do. But I want to focus in on is what he said, the things I do for love. Yes, he loves Cersei. Yeah, but it they just. They are twins. Yeah. They cannot be together. Yeah. A kid saw them. Yeah. He killed the kid. Yeah, but I feel like that love means something different. I think that Jamie and Cersei generally love each other. As brother and sister or as something else? Both of them. Oh, no. Porky knows us. That is, no. I mean, I'm not saying that shit, but Jamie is. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. It was just, I think it was an interesting thing to say. What I thought was crazy about that was that he actually, I think he was trying to guilt trip her a little bit because he was like, Hey, how old are you, kid? And he's like, I'm only 10. And he's like, I'm about to kill a 10-year-old for you. You fucking suck. Throws 10-year-old out window. Why would he guilt trip her, though? I don't know. Because he sucks. They all suck. They're lasters. Stupid lying people. Lying people? Don't worry about it. It's their house, Chris. Oh. Well, I couldn't figure out what all the things were. They went by so quickly. One of them looked like a deer or something. One of them is a deer. Yay, I got it! You did. Yay! There's many. Okay, there are only four. There's... 
There will be more. Why? Shut up. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, I just basically wrote, what does that mean for their relationship? But I guess family and whatever the hell else they decide that they are. Yeah. So, I was I was less surprised at the time, but still upset. They are very family. It's super family. If you could be more family, I, they'd be dead. I don't know. They'd be dead. Oh well, yeah, they, it's it, they, they took well. What they did was they did like exhibit styles, and like I heard you like family's dog, so I gave you oh, family no. inside your family. Dog. Oh no! Oh me! What you? I hate you. But yeah, <sighs> she has a kid. Um, kids. Uh, yeah, have kids. Who has kids? Cersei. She has one child. Did they not introduce other children? No. Oh, she only has one kid. Yeah, totally. Why do you do this? I'm pretty sure they did, but whatever. They just mentioned him. Okay. <sighs> All right. So that's the end of the episode. So how are you feeling? Very pessimistic. Really? Yeah. You guys understand, like so many other pilots, you can't judge an entire series off of the pilot. I will keep going. I know. But you have to let it grab you because it's such a big world. It's so immersive. And so many other things like this that you've watched or seen, you already have the source material in your head. Like Harry Potter. Think yeah. About Think about people that watched the Harry Potter movie and it was like, I don't know. And all of us were like, but it's dope. It's yeah. Harry friggin' Potter. And they're like, yeah, but it's just some little dumb kid with round glasses and like <laughs> just running around and shit. He's like, little shit, actually. Yeah, but they don't um, they don't know all the back stuff. And yeah. it's the same kind of thing. It's like with this, like there's just so much and it's it's good. I mean I mean, I, I am slightly curious about what happens next. So that's, you know, versus the first time when I was just like, fuck this. No, I hate it. I'm done. I'm yeah. still upset. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm upset for different reasons. And it's more about the lack of character development. And I get you can't develop everyone. And maybe it's the fault of having so many characters in a show. But... They just seem, you know, all very one note, or at least all the women do, and the men get to have a little bit more going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to defend them on this, but I am to a point. I get that, and they do develop, but at the same time, it's like a medieval society where they would focus more on the men. Yeah, but if you're making up your own world, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to make it that way. So I'm just saying he did this on purpose. Oh, he absolutely did, yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, yeah. as a woman, pisses me off. <laughs> gotcha. You know, none of the relationships seem very great either. I mean, besides maybe the one between Ned and Kat, mm-hmm. that seems good. I mean, I guess Cersei and Jamie have a great relationship, clearly, yeah. but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> they have I'm still, too good of a relationship. Yes, it's too close. I'm still confused about a lot of it. Still don't know everyone's names. They haven't said everyone's names yet. Let me be perfectly honest with you. You are never going to know what? everyone's name. Oh, is that a challenge now? Good luck. All right. Like, you're never going to enjoy an episode. You've taken so many fucking notes from trying to get names. I'm going to have to do that anyway. There's so many names. I know. Like, there's still people to this day, and I've watched these seasons twice all of them that I'm like oh that guy with the thing oh no and it's like oh what is his name again I have no clue so thanks for recording the first podcast with me I really appreciate it and you know I since you live here it was a little bit easier to get you than uh, most people yeah it was fun I'm glad you finally did it you've been talking about it forever I know and I think it's cool you finally pulled the trigger on it. I look forward to you messing with this with more people mm-hmm. in the future. Other perspectives besides your own. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else? I mean, I think we're good. I look forward to maybe watching an episode or two with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You'll be my you can be yeah. my watching buddy. Maybe try to keep you balanced on 
watching it as opposed to just analyzing the entire time because you gotta you gotta take time to enjoy it or at Mm -hmm. least attempt to enjoy it i can get invested i can i can see and not just treat it like a research paper kind of thing oh yeah i'll do my best all right baby Cool. So it's the end of the first episode. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast app. You can follow us at Facebook, uh, Game of Groans Pod, uh, Instagram, Game of Groans Pod, and Twitter is also the same. So I hope that you come back for the next one and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Game of Groans was created, hosted, edited, and produced by Emily Bateman, and the music is by Simon Dom. 